0: We all have pathogenic bioloads in our body. These are bacteria, yeast, and molds that exist in actually everybody's bloodstream to a very small extent. But it's not causing disease because our immune system is trying to take care of them on those low levels before it gets out of hand.
1: Welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition.
2: What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life.
1: Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities, because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. I'm Renee and I'm tuning in with my sister Lauren today. Hello. Hello. Nice to
2: see you. Hi. Hey, Hey. hi, bonjour. (laughs) (laughs) Arrivederci. Oh no, that's the other one. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. There was an Airbnb that Jeremy and I stayed in recently and the sign when you walked into the lobby said, hey, hi, bonjour. I just love that so much. I need that at my house. (laughs) Oh, that's cute. Was that in Canada?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, Yeah. Makes sense. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, welcome everyone to episode 184. We are flying through season eight here. All right. So our new thing for the year is to throw a pop question at each other. So Lauren, if you worked out today, what kind of workout did you do?
2: Supernatural. (laughs) Yes. What did you do? Boxing or flow? Flow. It was a time constraint. I had 10 minutes. No. It was so easy to just pick that darn thing up. Yeah. Also was feeling a little tired. So I figured let's blast some blue light into my brain. It worked. Yeah. It felt
1: great. (laughs) I love it. Even if I don't feel like working out, I can always do 10 or 15 minutes on the VR. It's like, Yeah. Easy. I rarely so easy. go
2: past 20, but I'm really appreciative of the shorter ones because you can just squeeze it in when you feel like it's a day that you don't have time to work out. It's nice. Yes. Slide it in. What about you?
1: Um, I have not worked out yet today, but I am going to Orange Theory. It is an Orange Theory day for me. So excellent. Yes. I'm a little scared because it's one of their like famous workouts called Inferno. Uh-oh. where I will have to run and row a lot today. So wish me luck. You chose this. <laughs> I am grateful for it. I'm grateful that I'm
2: going to row a lot today. I'm grateful for the pain. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, if right. you get injured, we have uh, some solutions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hopefully I don't need it, but maybe for my immune system after today. Yeah. Uh, yes, friends, today we were talking about silver. So curious how many people are familiar with the use of silver. It's really becoming more popular in the biohacking community. But uh, Lauren, as you said, when we kicked off the episode, we grew up with us, you know, our mom and dad were using silver a long time ago. So it was pretty normal for us. But now in the space i'm hearing like people are scared to use it they don't want to turn blue and our guest today steve Rivelli, he's going to talk about the blue man and how that happened and why you don't really need to be worried about the blue man issue if you're taking silver when you're taking the right quality and you're taking the right amount so our goal for today's episode was really to bring you someone that specializes in the science of silver. So Steve has an amazing background. He's worked with silver biotics and he does a good job of breaking down the different uses. So, you know, immune use, wound care, oral care, pet care. And the main thing I would say to drive home is that it's antimicrobial. Um, We talked about all these different uses, but we didn't really get down to that. But, you know, antimicrobial, especially in the world that we're living in, when we have all these antibiotic resistant bacteria it sounds like silver is just the easy solution um and of course lauren and i love the toothpaste so we'll talk a lot about that in the oral care
2: yeah yeah but i I, you know i'm just so fascinated too with people's comfort levels with this because i think it just takes one tv spot to kind of just kill the buzz on something that could be really powerful and steve calls it the miracle particle and you'll learn why but Um, it's fascinating If you Google silver benefits of silver is silver good for me it just they slam silver like people are hating on silver so hard and I know when we've posted about silver in the past I've gotten cautionary tales oh you don't know what that's going to do to you and sure this is answered in the podcast Steve goes into that a lot of the silver out there could potentially be toxic because of the colloids or the ionic silver which a lot of he explains the marketed colloidals are just ionic and that can bind to the body. Uh, it gets stuck in the body. So potentially it could build up and turn you blue if you had enough of it. Just like anything, the dose makes the poison. I think you could eat enough apples and die if you tried hard enough. <laughs> so we're gonna learn the difference between what's on a lot of commercial shelves and then this technology, the silver soul technology with nanoparticles, which there is no toxic limit. Very safe. It's a natural antimicrobial and it's been used for thousands of years. Tens of Since thousands. The beginning of time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've traced it back to at least, I mean, the Roman Empire, but who knows? Probably further back than that.
2: Yeah. So, so I think that's worth paying attention to, but it's really important that we're using the right technology, the right form, the right delivery format, the right size, that all really, really, really matters here. I'll say really a hundred more times. So we're so happy to have Steve on to explain that. But if you've had a big question mark around silver, or maybe just had a, you know, turn the shoulder, not so sure about that. (laughs) I think this will be a good episode to kind of brief you and, and reset this whole narrative around silver.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to dive a little bit deeper than we even go in today's episode, you can head over to silverbiotics.com and they have a really good blog where you can read up more on it. And again, quality really, really matters. Please don't just go buy this off the store shelf. We've done a lot of research on this and it's like, you know, some things I think you can maybe get something at the local grocery store, but silver I wouldn't I wouldn't risk that. So definitely check out mm-hmm. Silver Biotics, and they were kind enough to give our audience a discount code, so Biohacker Babes. So if you want to check anything out, you can use that at checkout. And yeah, let me tell you a little bit more about Steve. So Steve Rivelli is a retired educator, adjunct professor, Olympic bobsled, and skeleton official. He joined American Biotech Labs and Manufacturing after retiring from 30 years in science and health education. During his tenure at ABL, he has helped the company develop antimicrobial cosmetics and wound care products. His passion has always been to educate people about their health and wellness. Outside of ABL, you can find him officiating track and field meets as a... USATF master's level official, or somewhere in the world officiating World Cup bobsled and skeleton races for the International Bobsled and Skeleton Federation. What an
2: awesome background. That fun. That is yeah. so much fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We had such a great time chatting with him today and just are so grateful for all of his amazing work in the silver world.
2: <laughs> yes. The silver world. Okay. Let's world. drop into the silver verse, silver world Ooh, universe. I like that. The silver verse. I had it right the first
1: time. <laughs> All, <laughs> All right, right let's here we do go. it. Hello and welcome, Steve, to the Biohacker Babes. Thanks for joining us today.
0: Well, you're very welcome and thank you for inviting me.
1: Yes, we've been planning this one for a while. I'm so excited to bring the topic of silver to our audience because, as I was saying right before we hit record, I think we've kind of dripped out some information to our audience about different uses of silver, but we've never dedicated a whole episode all about the history of it, the different uses, maybe even some of the controversy around it. So we're going to do a full breakdown for everyone. And you are the expert. So we're so grateful to have you on to talk about that today. So I think to kick it off, I'm curious, you know, silver has been around for a very long time, right? There's some evidence that uh, what stood out to me was that the Romans were using it to store their wine um, in these silver urns. I think that's pretty interesting, but it's been around for a long time. But how did you personally get so interested in the topic? Of silver.
0: Uh, well, it happened oh, a long time ago and back in, uh, probably 97, 98, um, my neighbor's company, he, he owned a mining company and they mined precious metals and that kind of tanked out for them around that same time period. Uh, and so they kind of developed this little miracle particle, this unique particle, uh, just almost by happenstance and uh, they found out that it had value with with many applications and so they started to produce it and started to put it in several types of uh, applications and and uh, so being the neighbor uh, i'm a science guy i'm a science nerd i'm actually a retired teacher of course retirement for teachers means we go from three jobs to two jobs and so he was (laughs) pestering me constantly to get retired and so i could go to work for him and be their scientist and uh, so I finally made that jump about seven or eight years ago and retired from education partially. I still teach at the university level and, uh, and joined their company full time. Well, thank
2: Amazing. you to your neighbors. I'm <laughs> really grateful yes. <cool> for that. <laughs> yes. So what was it about Silver specifically that kind of grabbed your interest so much?
0: Well, when they first started, they created a wound gel. And uh, I had kind of I had an old alley cat. And he was always getting in fights and you know, always coming with scrapes and cuts, you know how cats can be. And so one time he had a great big scab on the top of his head and I'm going, oh dear. So I washed it off and, and I saw the hole and the hole was about the size of a pencil. And so I looked in there and I could see his skull and I'm going, uh-oh, this is not gonna end well for this cat. So I asked the neighbor, I says, let me try some of that gel. And so I squirted it in the hole and kind of the fur puffed up, and I'm going, okay, we'll see what happens here. <laughs> A week later, the wound was healed, and he was just fine. And so I'm going, oh, this stuff really works. I didn't have to go to the bed or anything else
2: yeah yeah so awesome this this is such
1: funny timing. So I was actually just gone over the weekend and I have two cats, a two- year- old and an 11 year old and funny enough, they like to wrestle and it's like very playful wrestling. But when I came home Sunday night, I noticed my older cat had a little scratch on his forehead. so I started putting the silver on there the past couple of days and it's healing up really nicely. yeah so,
2: yeah some lucky cool. cats <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I put some silver on my dog before and didn't think twice. I think for both of us, Renee and I have never really thought twice about using silver because we grew up with our dad, who's a biological dentist. And this was just in our house. It was just so commonplace. But I realized that it's not commonplace in a lot of households. And a lot of people have this thing about silver that we've been taught or conditioned to believe is maybe not so true. So can we get into some of the myths around silver? And the one that comes to mind, of course, and maybe comes to a lot of minds is the blue man. If you if you have too much silver, you're going to turn blue and bad things are going to happen.
0: Well, it turns out that's probably true, but it depends on the type of silver. That's really that's... the key of this whole, this whole thing is the type of silver. Um, there are silvers out there that uh, some people make in their garages and at home and and it's just, it's it's not good for you, it really isn't. Most of those silvers are what we call ionic silvers. And a silver ion is just a single silver atom that's lost an electron, carries a plus one charge in the chemistry world. So with that in mind, if you start taking that type of silver, it doesn't really clear out of the body very well. And so it can, with high doses, build up in the body. And it turns out the body kind of stores it in the adipose tissue and the dermal layers of the skin. When the sun hits it, it oxidizes just like a photographic film and it turns gray blue. So that type of silver is not very good for you. Now it turns out that condition is called Argeria. And Argeria, it's, it's a condition. It's not a disease. It's not a, you know, it really causes no harm, but it doesn't look very good when you're walking down the street and you're this blue-gray person. Yeah, now, unless the blue it's Halloween
2: man, or, you know, yeah, some yeah. funky celebration.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and the blue man, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's documented what he did. He took massive doses of silver over an extended period of time and that's what he ended up with it was Algeria. Um, but the only effect was is that you know turning blue uh, silver by itself is is not toxic you have to would consume a, a massive amount of silver for it to be toxic anyway but our silver particle is very unique in that it's a very patented process where we've been able to create these small silver particles And these particles are between five and 15 nanometers. Now, don't get upset about the word nano because there's this big thing about nano going around. Nano just means small. And uh, so, you know, these very small silver particles, it's a solid silver core, solid silver metal core, but on the outside of it, we've been able to create something amazing with what we call a silver oxide layer that is bound to the surface of that silver particle. And that's the key for its uh, ability to, the antimicrobial.
1: And can you share a little bit more about the parts per million because it seems like there's, you know, debate about that too. So what what are we looking for for that?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I saw a part of a uh, product on the internet the other day that was 20,000 parts per million and I'm going, "Oh my heavens." And they had a picture of it and it was this dark brown gray uh, liquid. Um that's way too much silver. We've been able to do head to head studies with a lot of different silvers out there with our little silver particle that we actually perform better they, than they performed with head to head studies against bacteria, yeast, and molds with 10 parts per million. And so what we found out though is we says, well, what if we start, you know, dosing it up and getting these parts per million higher and higher? What we found out was is that the kill rates are faster for those pathogens. But once you get above that, Fifty parts per million range, it actually starts becoming cytotoxic for your probiotics, not for Mm. your cells, but for your probiotics. And so we can do what everybody else does with these lower parts per million and not affect the probiotics in the body.
2: Mm. So interesting. Yeah, I just think there's so much myth around that and misconception. You walk into a natural food store and the shelves are lined. And I think similar to probiotics, we were taught more is better. And suddenly the count right. just keeps going up, up, Absolutely. Up. <laughs> and, and you think you're getting better bang for your buck by, by grabbing the one that has, you know, the highest bacterial count, the highest nanoparticle count. So I, I'm just so fascinated with this particular technology. Can you explain, can you take us into the body and explain how the technology is going into the body? Almost like a video game. I want to know exactly what, where it's going, what it's doing, what is it communicating?
1: All right, biohackers, I know you probably already know that sleep is one of the most powerful factors to upgrading your health. We know that great sleep can upgrade you on virtually every level. It can optimize body fat, muscle mass, your mood, brain function, and countless other ways. However, there is a popular sleep supplement on the market, melatonin, which is often overused and can be problematic because the body can adapt to it and then you need to take more and more and it becomes less and less effective. So melatonin has its place, but you want to make sure you know what you're doing if you're going to take it. So there is a much better approach. You can actually feed your body the natural melatonin building blocks and what we call the transformers or the cofactors that your body needs to naturally produce melatonin. And thanks to a brand new sleep form Developed by our friends over at Bioptimizers, you can experience the best sleep ever. After years of trial and error and sleep tracking, they have finally launched a new groundbreaking sleep formula called Sleep Breakthrough. And this is a delicious sleep drink. Lauren and I love it so much before bed, and it actually supports your natural melatonin production and relaxation without creating a dependency. So you can actually take it more often and still have the best night's sleep on demand. We find that it helps you fall asleep faster, you stay asleep throughout the night, and it even helps you get the right amounts of REM and deep sleep, so really optimizing that sleep efficiency. And best of all, you'll wake up feeling rested and rejuvenated, not groggy like some of the sleep supplements can do on the market, so that's a great benefit as well. And guess what? They are giving all of our listeners an exclusive offer, so if you head to sleepbreakthrough.com slash biohackerbabes, you can use promo code biohackerbabes10, that'll get you 10% off, and they are giving away special gifts for any purchase over $20. That is a limited time offer. But for now, make sure you definitely check out sleepbreakthrough.com slash biohackerbabes. All right, let's get back to the show.
0: Yeah, on our label, we have, well, we have uh, several series of products. We have an immune support product that you take internally. We have wound care that you put on topical wounds. And we have some cosmetics as well. So uh, we can kind of go over each one in, independently. But the, uh, the immune support. Uh, the label is one teaspoon, three times a day. That's kind of, you know, the, the standard label. Uh, so what happens, you go ahead and put it in your mouth. And what we'd like to say is to keep it in your mouth for as long as you possibly can, because it absorbs through the mucosa parts of the body. And so that's the mouth, the esophagus, all the way down to the stomach. That's where it's best absorbed and it absorbs very quickly. You know that some medications you put under your tongue, like nitroglycerin and things like that, uh, that's the, where you're supposed to have it absorbed. Well, our silver is very similar to that. So once it gets into the mucosa, it wanders around you know, through the bloodstream at this point and does what it's supposed to do. Now our immune support, let me go ahead and kind of explain what I mean by that. We all have pathogenic bioloads in our body. These are bacteria, yeast, and molds that exist in actually everybody's bloodstream to a very small extent, but it's not causing disease. Because our immune system is trying to take care of them on those low levels before it gets out of hand. Well, our immune support takes care of that bio load, So your immune system is more efficient. It does what it's supposed to do a lot more efficiently if it's not trying to take care of that bioload. And that's how we support the immune system.
2: Hmm. So as far as
1: the immune system, said, and you briefly mentioned that it doesn't harm the probiotics when it's below 50 is it similar with like the immune function? Cause I know sometimes you don't want to boost the immune system so much that it's an overdrive. So does it kind of keep it in the middle of functioning? Yeah.
0: yeah. What it does, it doesn't boost the immune system. It just allows the immune system to be a hundred percent efficient instead of going overboard, you know, like it's now supercharged. It just lets the immune system do what it's normally supposed to do at the levels that it's supposed to do it at. So the immune system's not stressed.
1: Got it. And because it's also not antibiotic resistant, which is a big problem. Oh, yeah. That's a
0: huge thing now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got these really bad bugs. You have MRSA and VRE and all those really things that have become antibiotic resistant. Uh, We just did some testing on one of our our cream products. Uh, We just got the results back with MRSA. It inhibits the growth right away. Um, So uh, with and it doesn't have... Any known antibiotic resistance whatsoever to any bacterium, yeast, or mold.
1: Are, are hospitals using this?
0: We actually have our wound care product. It's a five ten k. That's a fancy FDA term uh, as a medical device for our wound gels, and they are using them in hospitals uh, here locally in the Wasatch Front.
1: That's amazing because I, I mean, I keep hearing about the antibiotic resistant bacteria, it's just going to take over hospitals. So I hope that we see more of this. Yeah. Yeah, Would this be a good way
2: to reset that? Can we kind of level the immune system in that way? And Well, the
0: the problem is, is that uh, the antibiotic resistance is already there. And so there are MRSA bacteria in hospitals right now. And unless you burn down the hospital and start over again, you're not going to get rid of those bacteria that are already in the hospital's. And, uh, you know, once upon a time, I was in the medical industry for a period of time, found I didn't like sick people, so I left. (laughs) But anyway, uh, those, you know, those bacteria are there and uh, you can get infected in hospitals, unfortunately. And so is it resistant to antibiotics that are already present? Yes. Is it resistant to silver? No, not at all. Silver will inhibit the growth of those antibiotic resistant organisms.
2: So what is the best use of this silver as a preventative or as a defense or somewhere in between? I mean, historically it was used kind of as a preservative, but were our ancestors consuming this regularly or is it just best when we are up against excess invaders, foreign pathogens, a toxic load? Well,
0: yeah. One of the, one of the adages, historical adages I I see all the time and I use all the time is that, you know, that that person was born with a silver spoon in their mouth and that was directly, (laughs) probably to the royals and the lords and, you know, those types of people that have silverware and silver utensils. And so by eating it, they were getting kind of a daily dose of silver. And according, you know, if you compare that to the peasants who were ate off of wood, they were much a healthier population for sure and had longer lives.
2: Wow. Interesting. But we probably shouldn't be walking around just putting metals in our mouth. Correct. (laughs)
0: You know, there's a much safer way to do it now. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: funny. I don't know why this just clicked in my head, but um, so Lauren and I were, were sisters and I remember growing up, we both had these silver spoons with our birthday and time on them.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's like a
1: connection there. I don't know if that was like a thing.
0: That, that would be an interesting uh, dive into history to find out because, yeah, there's a lot of that's out there. It is quite a bit, these little silver spoons.
2: Can we 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 dial in mom and dad and find out? (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
1: Mom and dad, if you're listening, can you find those silver spoons and tell us more about it? (laughs) Yes.
0: It's very traditional though.
2: Yeah. That's so fascinating. So beyond the silver spoons, when should someone use this? Are, Are we wanting to prevent or again, is it best used in the winter time when immune system is down, you know, less vitamin D absorption?
0: You know, I, what you were saying was to me was all the above. You know, you can use it every day for immune support. And uh, the, the nice thing about our particle, we have studies, human ingestion studies that we know for a fact that our silver clears out of the body between 36 and 72 hours. Where other silver products like the lionic silvers I was talking about, they don't. And so our silver goes into the body, does what it's supposed to do, and then leaves. And so you can use it every day without any worries about you know the silver building up in the body. So yes, you can use it prophylactically, you know, to just in case. Um, I travel abroad. I have a weird hobby. I'm an international bobsled and skeleton official. One of yes, my hobbies. I eight, love seven. that. That's awesome. <laughs> I
1: saw that in your bio. Yeah.
0: And and so I travel all over the world. They fly me all over the world to do races. I pack silver everywhere I go. If I meet in a questionable restaurant, I may put a little bit more in my system just to be sure. Uh, absolutely. Mm. And if you're feeling ill, uh, yeah, again, it's an immune support. It takes care of that bio load, so the body can do what it's supposed to do.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I've definitely experienced that. Is if I feel run down and I am really diligent about taking my silver, I don't get sick and I feel great. Pretty powerful stuff. Since our parents are in the dental field, I am curious about the dental component because there are a lot of people using these really harsh toothpaste and mouthwashes that are just wiping out all the bacteria in the mouth, right? Good and bad. So it makes sense that silver would be good in toothpaste for the role that it can play. So can you share a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I saw a Listerine um, ad on TV last night and they're swishing their mouth and they're going, you can feel that I'm going... Yeah, that alcohol's burning your tissues, and it's not oh, good for no. you. I'm going, oh, oh my heavens! Uh, but yeah. silver, yes, we we we've, we've done done the testing with with the uh, oral, you know, uh, types of organisms, you know, plaque organisms and biofilm organisms, and it does cut through the biofilm. It's able to remove the biofilm and get at the organisms. The silver is, and so not only does it, you know, kill bacteria, but it also takes care of biofilms as well. And, uh, you know, some, I, uh, well, a couple years ago, it was, well, heavens about four or five years ago, we put our toothpaste together. And so I started brushing with it. It was my formulation. I really like it. So I started brushing with it well I started going to the dentist. I go to the dentist every six months and about, Oh, probably a year into it. He says, what are are you doing? And he says, your, your pockets. And I know he was talking about periodontal pockets. He says, your pockets are healed and you don't, bleed as much anymore when i clean your teeth and i'm going well i'm using this toothpaste and so i explained it to him and he goes oh and he says that's that's smart can i have some and i said sure so that you know that's one uh we have another dentist that we can talk about here locally that actually uses the silver uh in extractions and what he does he's definitely off-label but he's a doctor, so he can do what he wants to do. He mixes the silver with the bone matrix and puts that into that open pocket uh, and closes it. And it turns out that it builds better bone back because it doesn't have the bacteria outgassing that without it. And so he's able to put implants in in a better better way than than normally would.
1: Yeah, actually, I know that our dad does that as well. That's interesting to oh. say it's off-label. Yeah, he he takes like a little syringe and he'll just shoot some silver into the extraction site. So that's mm-hmm. cool to hear that other dentists are using that.
0: Yeah. Powerful.
1: So is there a mouthwash coming down the road or should we just be using the regular like immune silver and swishing it around? Well, I've been
0: playing around with some things for sure. And it uh, looks like they have something on the schedule. I didn't know they even scheduled it for possibly an August launch on a
2: mouthwash oh that's exciting that is very exciting because i think you know it's so easy to just really crave that clean alcohol feeling in your mouth but it's just it's damaging so much goodness that we could have in our oral mucosa and and our oral immune system so anything else you want to say about commercial mouthwashes like a little psa to our audience
0: (laughs) I rinse with silver. Um I uh, I use silver toothpaste. Uh you know, you don't need that burning nasty feeling to to get your mouth clean. It's not necessary. The silver does a great job without any of those side effects. I guess you could call them.
2: Yeah, killing off of, you know, the good bacteria that we actually want for a healthy oral bio.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah. Exactly. I love the toothpaste. I it's so crazy. Growing up in a Family of dentists. We've tried all the toothpaste, and there is just something else about this toothpaste that it's
0: almost undescribable. One one of the other products we have is actually a tooth gel. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but it's I basically have tooth
2: gel. But I haven't experimented much with it. Tell us more.
0: So yeah, um, the tooth gel is basically our wound care gel with peppermint and xylitol, and so a lot of people have been trying that out and what they've done is they brush their teeth with a toothpaste and then they basically kind of brush with the tooth gel and don't rinse before night and they wake up with their teeth all squeaky clean and just fine so that's kind of one way that they've been applying with the tooth gel the reason why the tooth gel was put together in the first place is one of our uh one of our board members who's old. Um, he's a great, <laughs> great scientist. and uh, but, but over the years, he's been using these heavy abrasive toothpaste and it's made his teeth really sensitive by basically scraping away all of the enamel. So he needed something without an abrasiveness. And so we created this tooth gel with mm-hmm. no abrasives and that's what he's using it for.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes more sense. I. I was just brushing with the tooth gel, like in replacement mm-hmm. of my toothpaste once a day. It didn't didn't feel as good as the toothpaste. So that, that makes sense. It's a little bit.
0: It's a different, to, different mouthfeel, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Different mouthfeel. Yeah. So I'm going to try that. So you can just put it on, I guess, maybe before bed and then
0: just go to sleep yeah. with it. And just leave it. Don't rinse. Yeah.
2: Okay. And so same as the other products, you could use it every single day, no issue. Is there diminishing returns at a certain point where maybe you just don't need it and you could save product for another time?
0: That's a good question. Um, I just use it every day just just to take care. I haven't had a cavity in years and years and years. So, you know, for my oral health, yeah, I just use it every day.
1: Right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I know I'm sold it's it's really my favorite toothpaste on the market because as Lauren was saying we've tried all these different toothpaste and it's so hard to find one that doesn't have toxic ingredients and tastes good and still works it's so hard but silver
2: biotics has finally done it so thank you yeah I think a lot <laughs> of us have been there you're with the welcome. natural toothpaste you're like is it clean doesn't Ugh. feel so clean I feel like I need to go chew some gum now which is probably not yeah. the solution. <laughs> yeah 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 excellent what about the skin care so how is this it, it could be a preservative correct if we're looking historically at how it was used how did that come to be how did you realize that that actually could be protective and, and well the wound
0: care uh, we have wound care gels and we also have uh, cosmetic creams and it has basically again all the same silver in there and uh, like i said our our wound care we actually have a wound care version uh, that's a little stronger it's so a 32 ppm But it is FDA cleared as a medical device. And again, uh, what makes what makes healing possible with a wound? You have to close the epidermis. And so the problem is, is you get bacteria, fungus molds in there, and it's um, it's basically cytotoxic to those very fragile skin cells that are trying to migrate across the wound bed in order to close the wound and heal. And to build up, you know, the layers of, of, of stratum. So again, our wound care gel, it takes care of that bio load. And so those very fragile skin cells are able to migrate across the wound a lot faster than they normally would without it to close that wound a lot faster. And of course, that takes care of the scarring as well, cuts down on scarring. Because you know, a scar basically a wound is a race. Who's going to win the race? The epidermal cells or the dermal cells? If the dermal cells win, you have a scar if the epidermal cells win, you don't have a scar. And so if you can yeah. let those cells be healthy and happy and, and uh, heal quicker, minimize the scarring and, and close the wound quicker.
2: I love that analogy. Hmm. So yeah. what about perfectly healthy skin or we'll say normal skin,
0: normal skin, healthy skin. Uh, yeah, again, um, the, uh, uh all of our products, you know, have basically, uh, I can't really call them claims, but they are for skin irritations as well. So we're talking about first, secondary burns, sunburns, abrasions, uh, all kinds of skin irritations uh, is what they're designed for. And those skin irritations, the reason why usually the skin is irritated, unless, of course, it's an autoimmune system like that. But those irritations get worse because once the skin is opened, they're open for infection as well. And so our products again take care of that bio load on the skin, so the skin can be healthy.
2: Yeah, and yeah. if someone that. seemingly doesn't have any irritations, you know, normal to oily combo skin, are we still preserving the good bacteria on the skin? Are we affecting collagen in any way?
0: We are again, as long as you're underneath that that threshold, that that, that concentration, your the probiotics of the skin are just left un, untouched and they're just fine. Um, a lot of the, you know, we have Staphylococcus aureus all over our skin because it's a natural flora, but mm-hmm. left unchecked, you know, it's an opportunistic infection. You can cause infections from that as well. Uh, so, you know, along those lines, yeah, the, uh, uh, well, and for example, if you were to put like the, the gel on your hands and the gel dries or put one of the creams on your hands and it dries, well, the silver's still there. And so if a bacterium happens to run into those silver particles, even though it's on your skin uh, and you've applied it to your skin, it's still going to kill the uh, the organism, the pathogen. So, you know, it can be a protectant on your skin as well.
2: Mm, beautiful.
1: Yeah, I've actually been using the skin cream on my hands, especially through the winter in Vegas. My mm-hmm. skin gets so dry. It's terrible. Yeah. It's like snake skin. But what I do is I'll load up my hands with the cream and then I actually put like organic cotton gloves on top when I sleep mm-hmm. and it yeah. has been saving Ooh. my hands through the winter.
2: Why have yeah, you been yeah, we hiding sure this that biohack that- from me?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> cause you don't live in the desert. You don't need to do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I have all those little, you know, little tears by the nails where the skin splits cause it's dry and oh, yeah. I've been using the skin cream as well at home. When I'm traveling, I've noticed in the last month because I haven't had it with me, my skin now is falling apart. But it was doing really well while I was using it before. Yeah, yeah, we made heck. sure
0: that the, yeah, we made sure that the skin cream has very organic and clean ingredients because that's kind of the world that we want to live in as well. We don't need all those preservatives and all those chemicals in there—the parabens, the sorbates, the benzoates. We don't need any of that because silver acts as a preservative as well.
1: So, why aren't more skincare companies using silver as a preservative? Is it more expensive?
0: No, it's not more expensive. It's just what they're used to. And again, okay. yes, our, our lovely regulatory body—you know, those three letters—they uh, have accepted the benzoates, uh, the parabens, and all that as preservatives. And so that's what the industry standard is, unfortunately.
2: Mm.
1: So, hopefully, as people start to spend their dollars in other ways, maybe they will eventually phase those toxic ingredients out. I would certainly
0: hope so.
2: Yeah. I'm so curious. Why would they hesitate to embrace that? If it is another solution, it's not wildly expensive.
0: Well, again, that regulatory body we've been talking about still does not like silver. They still treat it as one of those heavy metals. And, you know, this whole thing about heavy metals, it's, you know, unfortunately, we live in a world right now where if somebody says something and if they say it enough times, it must be true. And silver being a heavy metal uh, and associating it with those toxic heavy metals like cadmium and lead and arsenic and those really toxic ones uh, is just crazy because silver is not toxic at all in the human body. Um, and, you know, we can say that because we know for a fact that silver is never part of any of our metabolic pathways in the body whatsoever. It's never used. It's never taken into any of our metabolic pathways. And so uh, to say it's toxic uh, it's, it's a misnomer because it's not associated. It shouldn't be associated with those toxic heavy metals that do get into our metabolism and cause serious problems.
2: Mm. Do you think it's that they're just, not testing the silver sold or testing the other silvers that are getting stuck in the body? Are they just not testing the right stuff? Because certainly if they are not looking at the right technologies, yeah, I could see where that could easily go down the wrong path and we could all be confused.
0: Right. You know, and, and again, uh, the FDA is very careful, uh, to support certain companies that produce certain things. And, uh, if they were to actually do the testing and come up with the real value to, of silver, uh, it might harm these big pharma companies. And so we've been very careful over the years not to get involved with big pharma because.
2: Wise.
0: <laughs> they eat companies. Yeah.
2: Yeah, very mm. wise. Yeah,
1: I just spent the weekend actually at a mastermind and really interesting, diverse group of people. I mean, we had physicians there. We had people that work with big pharma, um, lobbyists, people that work with health insurance companies and just hearing the different perspectives of how to approach things and how you have to be so careful when you have a supplement company, you say one wrong thing and that's the end. You have to be so careful.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, during the past couple of years, the FDA, and we've, uh, we've had, we have audits with the FDA. They actually love us. They come to see us all the time because they bring their new people to us because we have all of our things taken care of all of our uh, paperwork and documentation is just perfect. And so the FDA actually likes to bring their newbies in to kind of train and say, Hey, this is what you're really trying to look for and these mistakes. Uh, but with that in mind, uh, it's It's been interesting to us that the FDA is okay with silver. It's you know we they're fine with what we've done so far, but they're not really they're not willing to say that silver is quote unquote, safe and effective or the magic words.' not they're not, not going to call it what we call grass generally uh, related to safe. Mm. So they're not willing to do that yet, but hopefully in the future, they will come around to that, and uh, silver will be out there in the spotlight, uh, and as it should be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you could look into the future, 10, 20 years, you, you think that this miracle particle will, will just be commonplace for everyone? Or do you think it kind of will stay in this special category of people that want to lean into
0: more and more, you know, the bacteria, right information? <laughs> more and more bacteria becoming resistant to the antibiotics that are out there. And we'll I have think no that's choice, probably, we won't have a choice. Yeah. Essentially we won't have a choice.
1: Yeah. And silver's become really popular in the biohacking community, too. I'm curious. Do, do you have any thoughts as to why biohackers seem to be
2: gravitating are, towards it? I,
0: I love biohackers because they they look and they research and they, they, you know, they experiment and they're finding out that silver is OK. So it's about education, you know. And again, I'm a retired educator, you know, for you know, for me to, you know, be on a podcast. I just put on my teaching hat and, and teach because that's what I like to do. I like to teach people about their health and their wellness. And so biohackers, they're that group that really understands and looks for facts and looks for knowledge.
1: Yes, thank you yeah. for saying that. Well, you curiosity. are a great educator. Yeah, I'm, no, thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you sharing everything.
2: Yeah, Sorry, Barney, I'm so, oh no, I was just gonna say curiosity. Then I was gonna say curiosity healed the cat, but if you have silver, it's gonna be okay. It saves
0: the cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible
2: saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm so curious the answer could very likely be no, but is there any crossover with your work in silver and the bobsled and skeleton work? Are you like secretly infiltrating that world with your silver <laughs> miracles?
0: Well, um I I mean I have a long history. In 1997 they built the track here in Park City getting ready for the games. Uh-huh. And so I was I actually Started sliding skeleton myself when I found out I was too old and too slow for the games. But I still kept sliding, and so my kids were uh, also uh, national athletes as well. And uh, of course, when you're sliding down the track at 80 miles an hour and you hit walls of concrete and ice and things like that, you're going to have some owies. And uh, so I would always have silver with me. <clears throat> excuse me, and hand it out to athletes. Had bumps and bruises and abrasions and and so yeah that's I, I kind of supply that I supply those products to that that sport.
2: Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I wanted to be the sponsor of the American skeleton team. Like, why isn't it already? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> of everyone. And I'm curious about one other use for silver. What about uh Nate, like a nasal spray or through like the nasal passages,
0: especially the with only- the pandemic yeah absolutely and under the label under regulations we can only apply it to the mucosis of the mouth and the esophagus and the gastrointestinal system again oh. we've had a lot of people use it off label with great results i mean we've had over millions and millions of bottles of the immune supplement and wound care and everything sold not one complaint to anybody including us and anybody is the fda or any adverse reaction has ever been reported anywhere. And you know that people have used it in places that, well, we can't really say to use it in.
2: I have certainly put it up my nose many, many times. Is there just not enough literature to support it? What is the... Uh, The resistance is
0: the the FDA, again. It's just, they say, um, if you put it in other places, it has to be a drug, and so in order for silver to become a drug, we have to put in what they call an NDA, which is a new drug application. Pharma does that all the time. But on the average, to get an NDA through and put it through the, the FDA is about 20 to $40 million. Oof. That's too. So all of these drugs you see advertised every night, you know, I saw one for Keytruda the other day or stuff like that. Um, The big pharmas are spending millions and millions of dollars to get that on the market. And then making
1: making billions and billions. And
0: then making billions (laughs) and billions. Exactly. (laughs) And so that's the problem is that if you put it where you're not supposed to put it, according to the FDA, you're actually a drug and they will come chain your doors and say you can't do that anymore because you're using it as a drug.
2: Hmm. Okay.
1: Could silver even be classified as a drug because it's something that's, I mean, it seems so natural.
0: It could be, but nobody has ever taken the time and the effort and the money yeah. to send it through the process to get it recognized as a drug. What we've been able to do is we've been able to get re- recognized through the FDA as a medical device for wound care. And so we actually have uh, now a 510K wound spray. that's basically our 10 ppm immune support as a wound spray that's cleared by the FDA for wound care.
2: That's amazing. So do you believe there is anywhere you can put silver that would be harmful?
0: Not to my knowledge. Again, we've had no uh, complaints or adverse reactions in any way over the period of, well, since 1997 until now.
2: I love to hear I've that because I, I love to use it in different places. You know, I'll open up the bottle, put some in my mouth, and I've been known to just put some up here. And
0: <laughs> You can imagine what hands. people <laughs> have used it for, and they've been very successful with it.
2: Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for saying that.
1: <laughs> Anything else we should know about silver? Oh, actually, I do have one more question. Specific question. Colloidal silver. That term is thrown around a lot.
0: A lot. Yes, unfortunately. Um, Most, I would say, over probably half of the products out there that say they're colloidal silver are not colloids. They're ionic. And again, ionic silver are those single silver atoms missing an electron. A colloid is a particle and particles ranging from 5 nanometers up to, by the by the formal definition, up to 100 nanometers in size. And those particles are permanently suspended in a solvent, in this case, water for us. That is the true definition of a colloid. So when you're looking at silver products, well, there's some silver products out there that say, if you can't see it, it's not there. It has to be colored. Well, it turns out that those silver particles are actually very, very large. And so you can actually see them. They're usually a brown or a gray type of a, a, you know, a a solution. Whereas ours is colorless because our particles are small enough. You can't see them. And so that's kind of the difference right there. So true colloids are not ionic. They're particles. And that's what makes ours a true colloidal silver. Okay. So
2: why would products be labeled as such if they're not? What's the purpose? It,
0: it's tradition. It is just and they just tradition. think
2: Consumers will never question it. They don't know the difference. Exactly. I, mean, I certainly didn't know the difference. I, I'm sure that 10, 15 years ago, I was just reaching for the little silver. That's what was on the shelf. It looked the best. Exactly. You know, fancy yep. product with the blue and the silver. It looked good. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they got me.
0: Yeah, it's exactly right.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the market out there... Uh, I just call it the wild, wild west.
2: And it's just I mean, such like, it so many things. I think that's yes. happened to CBD. I think you see it in many different places Maybe. where people get yeah. excited about a molecule, a compound. And I think, I think they want to help. They want to share the wealth in that yeah. regard, but obviously missing a few key points of information.
0: Absolutely.
2: So yeah. for someone that's interested in silver soul, Tell us more about your company. <laughs> I guess this is the question. Well, you can Not reach us.
0: Yeah, you can reach us at, silver, at uh, silverbiotics.com. And uh, we have Instagram as well, uh, at silverbiotics. And so you can you know reach us there. We have websites uh, on there with literature, with test results, with all kinds of information to educate people about uh, silver biotics and our silver particles. Great.
1: Yeah, we'll link Beautiful. to all of that in the show notes for today. So people can check it out. I will say Thanks. the resources on the website are awesome. I'm always going through and reading the latest and greatest. So appreciate that.
2: Me too. Well, My favorite welcome. page is about all of the historical uses. I'm like, it was used for that It was used for that. So like you could create yeah. a storybook of the history of silver. It's just so fascinating.
0: Absolutely. So lots
2: for our audience to dig into. So Steve, before we let you go, we want to ask one final question. If you could give our mm-hmm. audience a final piece of advice, something they can do to biohack or optimize their health, wellness, life. Anything you want to share today?
0: Well, I, I'm in the business. And so uh, you, the use of silver is is long known. Our silver is safe. It's very good. To, it's good for you on many, many levels. And so, uh, again, uh, biohacking to me is it's about uh, a lot of educated people searching for health and wellness. And uh you guys have done a great job with sharing that with, with everybody else.
2: Thank you. Thank, Thank you for
1: helping us to do that.
0: You're yes. very welcome.
1: No. So next time I get a question, is silver safe? Can I use silver? Should I use silver? Now I can just send them to this episode. So absolutely yes.
2: yeah, our friend Steve said so. We that's all we need to know. Yes.
1: Well,
0: thank
1: you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for spending your time with us today. And thank you to everyone that tuned in. We will see you next time.
2: Hey Biohackers, thank you so much for staying until the end. And because you did, we have a very exciting announcement. For the next 90 days, we are giving free access to our 7-Day Biohacker Babes Challenge. Each day includes a quick nutrition video, workout of the day, and actionables to keep you on track as we move further away from the new year. This is a great time to reinvest in your resolutions and bring a friend along for the ride. The offer will only be available for these 90 days or until the end of April. To access this challenge for free and to invite a friend, scroll down to the show notes and click the link. We will make sure you can't miss it. Happy biohacking. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking.